All righty. I'm excited for today. What a day, what a life we get to live. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know what's so fun? Uh, back in my youth pastoring days, I got to be a part of this ministry. It was called Launchpad. And that's when there was actually a Bible class in our high schools. And so they could choose it as an elective. And one of my students that was a part of Launchpad is here today, Annalise and her beautiful, her amazing husband. I, was, I, said, I said beautiful, and I'm like handsome. I mean, can you just wave for just a moment there? It was so fun. We haven't seen each other since then. And right when worship was starting, we locked eyes, and it was like, you're here. So it's just fun. It's a very fun thing. Jesus, bless our schools, our high schools, all that you're doing. Okay, just welcome you in here. This is my bookmarker for my notes. It was notes from my precious nephew, Kaysen Roy, or Kylan, one of them. I know you wanted to know that. You're welcome. Okay, how are we feeling? Feeling good? Feeling blessed? Feeling like we're walking in grace and mercy right now? Good, because we are. We woke up in grace today. Did you wake up in grace today? Did you wake up in mercy today? I did. Thank you, Jesus. It's good news. So let's talk about that. Oh, and can we just thank Jesus for babies? All the precious babies. They're being born, the gift of life, nothing like it. All right, so something that is just really on our heart right now um, as a staff that we've been talking about more and more is, you know, our identity in Jesus. Because, you know, sometimes let's, let's talk about our salvation encounter is kind of a little bit of this message. You're going to get salvation encounter and happy holiness today. Very important. And so we get saved, and we're like, yes, Jesus, I'm, I'm so excited. The Lord's doing amazing things in my life. You know, we get baptized, and now we're like, I'm in this life with Jesus. What do I do? You know, it's all new, and you're like, I'm, I'm in. I'm wholeheartedly in, but how do I walk this out? And what does that look like? What does a life with Jesus get to look like? So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to brag about Jesus. We're going to celebrate him. We're going to celebrate what he paid for, what he did. How does that sound? Good. That sounds like my life message, and it always will be. Okay, so first of all, when we get saved, there's a reality that we were living this way, right? And we're like, yeah, I don't want this life anymore. I want Jesus. Amen? Speak to my friends over here who just gave their lives to Jesus recently. Amen? You're like, yeah, I don't want that life anymore. So a great example of what takes place is we have to have a clean breakup. This is, this is a wonderful example of all of a sudden we get saved. We have faith that Jesus is the only way to salvation. He's the only way to the Father. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. We're like, Jesus, I give my life to you. And in that, we go, all right. I'm a Christian, I'm in. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make a clean breakup with my old life. 
There are two types of breakups that happen. If we think about relationships, there's, there's the clean breakup where it's like we're breaking up and we cut communication and we move forward, right? We've seen that. But then, have we seen the messy breakup where it's like, all right, we're breaking up and yet we go and we call that person again and we kind of flirt with that person again and then all of a sudden we're back in this relationship that's unhealthy but we, but we want to stay there because we feel connected, but we stay in this relationship, and all the while, we're feeling depressed, and it's just in these, this cycle of destruction, right? That's the reality of what happens sometimes when we don't make a clean breakup with our old life, our old man, and we step into this new relationship with Jesus. As Christians, we're called to say, nope. Old is gone, new has come, clean breakup. I'm not talking to you anymore. That's it. Amen? Amen? We don't want the messy ones. They're lame, right? We've all been the family members who are like, oh, you guys just shouldn't be in that relationship. You know? Have we all experienced that with someone where you're like, I love you so much. Why are you doing that? Why do you keep going back to them? This is the fruit of that. That's an example of what happens when we try to go back to our old dead life. So instead we go, nope, clean breakup. I'm moving on to my prize. I got the winner. His name is Jesus. He's the best. So there's our example. Clean breakup. We turn. We get our prize, which is Jesus Christ. He's amazing. He's everything. He is life itself. So once that happens, boom, now we're moving into this new relationship with Jesus, and it's awesome, right? I keep looking over here because I got friends who just got saved, gave their lives to Jesus, just got baptized. It's exciting. That's how it should be. We get to celebrate as a body of Christ. We always want to have new believers. That's a healthy sign. If we've got new believers in church, then we're like, yes, Jesus, this is what it's about. The good news is changing lives. So now we are in our new life with Christ and we get to walk in our new nature. So what does that look like? And that gets to look like happy holiness, which sometimes most people, when they, heard, when they hear holiness, they don't necessarily associate happy in front of it. Holiness is like, well, my hair needs to be up in a bun. Don't wear makeup. This dress, not appropriate, needed to be to my ankles. What in the world? You know, we think of holiness and it's like, here's something you better achieve versus, hey, I am happy and holy in Jesus. And there is nothing like it. So we're going to talk about that. So let's open up to Romans 5. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done. That's good news. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. 
That's exciting. So we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loved us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to do that for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's especially good. But God, say that again, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. That was not when we had it all together, right? That wasn't when we were looking like things were good. It's while we were still sinners. He died. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Thank you, Jesus. That's good news, isn't it? It's very good news. Now, 17, verse 17. 17 says, For this one man, Adam, caused sin to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. For all who receive this wonderful grace and gift of righteousness will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. God's law was given so that people could see how sinful they were, but as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So when I say, did you wake up in grace today? Yes. Did you? Because yes. his grace rules. We're living in grace. Thank you, Jesus, because of the precious blood of Christ. Which is very good news. It's not a light thing. It was a high price. Blood of Jesus was a very high, high, high price. And because of it, we get to rule and live in triumph through Jesus. Not our own strength, nothing we did on our own, but all because of this one man, Jesus Christ. Which is why when we're singing these worship songs, we're singing, Jesus, you finished it all. Thank you that you've done it all. We rejoice in you. We rejoice in the simple gospel. 
And it's so important because that's what everything is about. That's the reason we're here is because of what Jesus has done. Nothing on our own, all what Jesus has paid for. So Romans 6, let's go to this. Well then, so here's the reality of what happened. In Romans 5, it's talking about grace, you know? It's, It's the reality of grace where we're like, whoa, his grace rules. So much so that in chapter 6, he goes, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? It was, it hit on grace so much that he had to be like, okay, we don't just keep sinning so that grace, like he, he explained the reality of how great grace is. He's like, no, 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 of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? Last week, when you got baptized, you joined with Christ Jesus in baptism and you joined him in his death. That means your old self died, dead. Old life, dead. Dead, dead, dead. Can you say dead? dead. That's true. It is. It's dead. It's gone. Washed away. Whoop. We died and we were buried with Christ in baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. So when you came up, whoop, you're raised by the power of the Father, power of the Holy Spirit to live a new life. Amen. Welcome to your new life. Welcome, family of God, children of God, examples of his grace and kindness, new life. Since we've been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. So sin would lose its power in our lives. We're no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Hope. Let that sink in there. You were set free from the power of sin. Sometimes we don't really believe that. Do you believe it? Do you receive it by faith? Yes. You're set free from its power. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead. He will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. So don't let sin control the way you live. Because you're dead to sin. Do not give in to sinful desires. Don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have a new life. Thank you, Jesus. So use your whole body. How much of your body? Whole body. As an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Yes, Lord. Okay, example. Let's, let's share this for a moment. 
Sin was our master before. So there's a reality that sometimes we felt like, I can't get out of this. I'm stuck in this cycle. I can't stop. Sin was our master, right? Then we get saved. So it's almost like the devil had his head, his foot on your head for a moment, you know? Then we get saved. And it's like, nope, master changed. Now my foot is on the devil's head instead. So sin's not my master anymore. So what happens sometimes is the devil will try to, you know, he'll try to bark at you still, but your, your foot's on his head. So he just makes noise, but he's not your master. You're dead to sin. So sin no longer has mastery over you. You're free. You're alive in Christ because of what Jesus paid for. And we need to know this and let this go deep in our spirits because sometimes we get wrong theology and we think that, well, I'm just a sinner. So I'm going to sin by faith. Versus, no, I'm dead to sin. Sin no longer is my master. That's not going to be the case anymore. I'm a saint now because of the perfect blood of Jesus. It's good news. We're not victims anymore. I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim to my circumstances, to my situation. I'm free in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Happy holiness. In 2 Corinthians 5.17. Oh, Linda, you're faster than I am. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. Ephesians 4.17. says make sure I have the right yeah 417 with the Lord's authority I say this live no longer as the Gentiles do for they are hopelessly confused their minds are full of darkness and they wander far from the life that God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But this isn't what you learned about Christ, right? Since you have learned about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception, and instead let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature which is created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So we throw off our old sinful nature. That's what happened there. And we're going to put on our new nature now, which is created to be like God, truly righteous and holy, all because of the blood of Jesus. So now we're saints. As Christians, as believers, as followers of Christ, we're saints. Welcome to being a saint. It's really fun. 
We're the body of Christ, and we're all in process, and we're all learning. Sometimes we do things really well. Sometimes we do really goofy things, and that's why we have grace. And we're growing all the more as we're becoming more and more like him. And so we do this by renewing our mind. We let the Holy Spirit renew our thoughts, change our thought patterns. You know, all of a sudden, as you're walking in a new life with Jesus, there's a lot of things that are different now, where it's like, well, I used to do this, but I don't want to do that anymore. Okay. Remember, this is who I am. I'm created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. Woo! Say, God bought me, God bought me. With, a with a high price. Uh, you got to own it. We got to own these verses. God bought me. When he was on the cross, he bought me with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Every choice I make, honoring to him. 1 Peter 1. I see it's up there. I'm just debating what all I'm going to read. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago. And his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Christ Jesus. May God give you more and more grace and peace. So his spirit has made you holy, and he has cleansed us by the blood of Jesus. He chose us in advance to be holy. Hebrews 10. Hebrews, James, 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st and 2nd, 3rd John. Those songs I learned in kids' church. They were great for me still. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. What was God's will for us? Made holy by the blood of Jesus. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest, Jesus, offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand, and there he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering, he, per, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy, those who are being sanctified by his one offering. So with this, do you understand now, as a believer, as a Christian, if you say that 
Jesus, you're the way, the truth, the life, you get saved. Do you now understand that your new nature is holy? You're righteous. You're created to be like God, and it was a gift that was handed to you. You didn't do anything to earn it. You believed. Does that sound a little audacious, a little radical, a little offensive? People are quiet. Do you believe it? Do you? Do you believe the blood of Jesus was enough? It's good news. It's really good news. We receive this all by faith. It's grace. I didn't do anything to earn it. Ooh. And that is what stirs up thanksgiving in our hearts. Oh, are you kidding me? The God of the universe, his plan was for me to be made holy. Hmm. So holiness is now my identity because of salvation. And it becomes my lifestyle by the choices that I make. So holiness is my identity. It's who I am now because of the cross of Christ. And it's becoming my lifestyle by the choices I make every single day. I'm holy because he made me holy by the precious blood of Jesus and I received it as a gift. So with that, I'm going to jump into this. As, as we learn this, like, like I said, has it made, is it clear to you? I have a lot more verses I could give you. But is it clear to you now that you know that you are holy because of the blood of Jesus? Yeah. Do you believe it? Okay. Yeah. Because a lot of time we don't, we didn't know that. We weren't told that. So holiness is living out your identity that was given to you at the cross by the finished work of Jesus. So what happens is we're saints now, like I said, who sometimes have a little struggle with sin every once in a while, but it's not our master. It's not your master. You're dead to sin. And so with that, when I talk about it being my lifestyle by the choices I make, that means every day, what are things that I'm doing to remind myself of what Jesus has done? What am I doing with this precious gift he's given me? He cleaned me up, made me new, made me like him, and now I get to walk in freedom because it's what Jesus paid for. So what am I going to do with this gift, this privilege, this undeserved privilege that I'm walking in? Practical things I do every day. I remind myself of what Jesus has done for me and who I am in him. I begin to thank him. Thank you, Jesus, that you have cleansed me. What that looked like for me the other day, I was in my house, and I was cleaning, and I was worshiping, and then all of a sudden, I was like, thank you, Jesus, that you keep no record of my wrongs. Thank you, Jesus, that you keep no record of my wrongs because I've been washed by the blood of Jesus. And in that, this thanksgiving started to rise up in my heart of, oh my goodness, Jesus, thank you for your grace. It's the joy of our salvation. So are we stirring up thanksgiving in our hearts? Are we choosing to fill ourselves with good news of the gospel, testimonies, or are we filling ourselves with negativity? What are we going to fill ourselves with? What are we going to be intentional about? As children of God, we are now called to live in freedom, 
when we get to, and now we make these choices. We're intentional. So with that, things that I'm practical about is I like to check my thought life. Am I being filled with hope? So what are things that I'm doing? If I'm not being filled with hope, I'm probably forgetting what Jesus has paid for. And so I like to do things like I'll listen to Steve Backland, you know, when he came, because he fills you with a lot of hope. So it helps me to be like, okay, am I believing the way I'm supposed to? Because I've read what Jesus paid for, and that's good. That's very good. Now, what's my thought life? What am I filling myself with? So I like to listen to Steve and Wendy Backland, but then also... As a daughter, where I'm like, wow, I'm walking in happy holiness. This is who I am now, not something I strive for. It's really who I am. Now, what am I, like I said, what am I filling myself with? Who am I surrounding myself with? It's really, we have to be intentional. Who are the people that are speaking into my life? Uh, Fallon, we talk about this a lot, where, so your inner circle, where it's like, hey, you're a precious daughter. You're the prize. You're beautiful. You're set apart. God paid a, a high price for you. So who are you letting speak into your life? Because you're very valuable. So who's speaking into my life? Uh, music. What am I listening to? What am I filling myself with? Am, am I listening to things that are, you know, let's just go over different music. So rap music that's very degrading towards women, especially, right? Pretty obvious. Am I listening to that? Am I filling myself with that? Because it's kind of just common sense Christianity to not want to do that. <laughs> you know, we've, we've made these lines of holiness where it's like, well, I guess I can listen to this song because it didn't have the F word. It's like, are you serious? <laughs> like, common sense Christianity, do you really want to fill yourself with that? You're a child of God. You're holy and righteous. Why would you do that? If, let's say, what, am I, what movies am I watching? If you're all of a sudden in this struggle of like, of pornography and sexual sin? Are you watching movies that have sex scenes? Are you watching things that are filled with yuck and that are just twisted? Because common sense would be, if that's what you're filling yourself with, you might be struggling with that. Maybe take a break from it. Common sense says, why would I want to fill myself with that? We get to be intentional with the choices we make. Jesus paid it all. And now he's like, hey, you, you get to walk in freedom. I've given this to you. I've given you everything you need. It says that he's been, we've been given everything we need for godliness. So we've been given the conviction of the Holy Spirit, correct? So what am I personally choosing to do? Because there has to be an ownership because we're not victims anymore, right? So as Christians, we get to rise up and choose, what am I listening to? What am I watching? It's not, you can't, you can't, you can't. It's, why would I ever want that when I could have Jesus? 
Why would I want these counterfeits that just lead to this life of yuck and pain? And I start getting in this yucky cycle every time I go back to it. I may feel good for like two seconds, but then there's a whole pattern of destruction that comes with it, right? So why would I go for that counterfeit when I know who Jesus is and I know what he's paid for? It's for freedom that Christ set us free. And so we get to choose. Because he's not going to be over us like, he's kind. And his kindness leads us to repentance. And sometimes in freedom, we don't, we actually, a lot of, we say we want to be free, but a lot of time we don't want to be free. We like to know, no, you have to do this. But with Jesus, he goes, I've done it all for you. Here's the invitation to follow me, to lay down your life and follow and choose every single day. So I have to remind myself that we talk about this a lot. Me and Phil, we're saying big picture of your life as you process, as you walk through you know, we've, we've been able to walk through. I, I use her a lot because it's been a beautiful example of watching her walk out this life in Christ. And when you change your life, there's a reality that you're faced with things that are like, I don't know what to do now. This is what I did before, and I, it was fun, but it was brought death, and now I'm choosing this. And so we go, hey, big picture of your life. What do you want? Remember, what do you want for your kids? What do you want for your children that are to come? What do you want your family to look like? Do you want to walk in the freedom that Jesus paid for? Then be intentional with your choices every single day. As children of God, as revivalists, as happy, holy ones that are walking in holiness, that are his representation on the earth, we get to choose and we get to be intentional about our choices. So with that, for eternity, what I do actually matters. Big picture of your life? Our actions have an impact on eternity. Oh, You know, little daggers where it's like, oof, that's a good reminder. Yeah. But guess what? We get to because this is what Jesus paid for. We're free. You're free. You get to walk and see miracles, signs, and wonders. You actually get to see people healed and restored. You get to see families whole. You get to see the, you get to see divorce end. We get to see addictions end because of Jesus and being intentional with our choices every day to walk in this precious gift of holiness that's been given to us. I didn't earn it. It was given to me by the cross because of Jesus. So with that, it's more about being a disciple as disciples of Christ. There are practical steps for us. We really complicate things as Christians. We make things really complicated for what should be really simple. So if you position yourself as a son or a daughter and as a disciple, 
that means that you will actually have people that are speaking into your life. So right now, do you have people, mentors, godly mentors that are speaking into your life? I can say that this last week, um, in one of our staff meetings, I, I said something, and it was just, it was one of those where I felt like after the delivery, I was, I checked with my dad, because he's my spiritual covering, he's my pastor, and he's my dad. <laughs> so I was like, hey, dad, in that meeting, did I sound a little, did it come off kind of defensive? And he's like, because I, I felt a check, and he's like, you know what? Yeah, if you would have approached it differently, it would have been better. It's like, oh, thank you. I get to grow. So now I'm asking him, I, I want to be accountable. I'm like, hey, am I doing better in this? I know this isn't my strongest suit. And I, I'm, I'm walking in sanctification. I'm being conformed into the image of Christ more and more every day. I know I'm a happy, holy daughter of the Lord. <laughs> So with that, am I doing better in this area? I want to be accountable. So do we have people that are speaking to our lives that we're accountable to? It's really important. As you're jumping in to this new life with Jesus, you want to have people speaking into you. You want to be accountable because guess what? It produces safety. That's the beautiful part. I'm safe when I have those that are speaking into my life. There is this example that there's a reality that we talk about this in second year, but there's strength in community. As the body of Christ, the body of believers, there's strength in community. We all have different strengths. We all have different graces on our lives. And there was this beautiful example that Banning Liebscher gave. And he said that there's a sad example and a beautiful example. I'll give you the sad example first. With that, he said this lady called and was like, hey, um, we're getting a divorce. And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, who's been speaking into your life? Who's, who's been talking to you guys? Who's been, who's been processing with you? They're like, well, we've just been doing it on our own. And... We gave it our best and it's just not going to work. And he was like, what? And he talked about the reality of if I was to just give my best in a circumstance, he goes, my marriage probably wouldn't work. He goes, but what I've done is I've come, I've placed myself in community and I've pulled from other people's best. Where he, he talked about the mentors in his life, you know, Danny Silk, these different people. He said, I pulled from their best and in that, I was strengthened. So as children of God, if we want to walk in this glorious invitation of holiness, righteousness, a beautiful step, and he's given us everything we need for godliness, a lot of the time, one of those big things you need for godliness is the precious leaders he's placed in your life, the community around you. But we have to choose to stay plugged in. We have to choose to be accountable. We have to choose to be vulnerable of like, you know what? I'm struggling with this. I know it doesn't have to have this hold in my life and I'm struggling and I need help. Can you help me? And in that, we get to pull from strengths of others. A funny example he used was he said that he went to this conference 
and he was going to speak there, and it was Corey Asbury, if you know him, we love him, awesome worship leader. He called Banning, and he's like, hey, we're going to have a big basketball game after. It's going to be pastors versus the worship team. So Banning's like, I'm in. Let's do this. And he said he went, and the pastors got demolished by the worship leaders. And he's like, if you know Corey Asbury, he's a big smack talker. And he's like, it did not work well with me. So he said he got invited back to that same conference the following year. And same invitation of, hey, we're going to do pastors versus worship leaders basketball game again. And he's like, I am in. And he said after that, he called one of his friends, one of those he was in community with, who was a professional basketball player. He goes, hey, here's the deal. It's been a long time since we've done a ministry tip, trip together, and uh, I'm actually going to this place. And so he went with them, and guess who won those games? The pastors did that time. But the reason he said, he goes, if I'm going into a battle, and I know I've lost this battle before, why would I dare go alone again? Why would I dare go alone when I can pull on the strength of others? When I can pull on those who have gone before me, who have fought battles that I have not fought and they have victory in them. Welcome to the beautiful body of Christ. You're not alone. <laughs> Welcome. We're saints that are in this together. We are all partakers of his glorious grace and we never have to do this alone. We have the invitation to walk in this and to help each other, to be hands and feet together. You don't have to fight alone. We can be vulnerable. We can be real. We can walk in community and lock arms with each other and we're a whole lot stronger. It's so good. He set us up for success. He's kind. He's caring. He's given us everything we need for a godly life. So look around you for a moment. Look in this room. Look around. Take observation. Those are some of the blessings he gave you to live a godly life. <laughs> right now, those that are like, hey, you're a saint. That was not so saintly. You're like, you're right. Thank you. I repent and I receive your forgiveness. I rebuke the lies of the enemy and I replace it with the truth of what you've paid for Jesus. So let's go ahead. Let's stand up. Thank you, Jesus. So look at the person next to you. Say, I need you. Look to the next person and say, you need me. I need you. You need me. We're in this together. Say, you make me stronger. You do. So I'm going to have our prayer team, if you could come up. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ? Well, you're not condemned. Woo! It means you can walk in humility. You can walk in grace. You can be real. You can say, hey, I'm trying. Help me. 
hold me accountable. We can celebrate with each other. That doesn't mean that I'm just gonna pour out my laundry to every single person. Let's, let's clarify that. I'm not gonna go in and just be like, this is everything that's going on. But I do have certain people that they check with me. I'm real with. I'm like, hey, I know that wasn't the best. Can you call me out? Can you hold me accountable? So, let's say this together. Say, I'm free. I'm not condemned. I can be vulnerable. I was made for community. I'm never alone. I'm never alone. So Jesus, I just thank you right now. I thank you that you've you paid the price for a pure and spotless bride. And you are committed to your bride. You're committed to us in the midst of all the silly little things we do. <laughs> you're committed and you're faithful. And so I pray right now that I, I just pray for hope to be released in hearts and a sense of belonging like never before. To feel the reality that we're covered, we're not alone, and we're in this together. And so Jesus, I just thank you right now that shame is going away in Jesus' name. I thank you that shame's going away and I just thank you that sin patterns end now in Jesus' name. Because we realize that we are no longer slaves to sin. We're free in you. We're not condemned and we get to grow. We get to grow, we get to grow, we get to grow, we get to grow, we get to grow. And so Jesus, I just thank you for that. And what my invitation right now is, if you've never given your life to Jesus, and you're done trying on your own to make yourself holy, you're done trying on your own to fix that hole in your heart, and you're like, this is not working. I need to step into grace. I need to step into what Jesus paid for for me. He wants to be the Lord and Savior of your life today. He does. And so if there's anyone who needs that, uh, can you raise your hand? If you've never dedicated your life to Jesus and you're like, yep, I'm in. I want Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Lord. He's in it. So let's pray this prayer together. Yeah, first of all, let's celebrate with one of our brothers. Yes, Jesus. All right, we're going to pray this prayer together, and then we're going to say welcome to the family. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sins, and I realize that I need you, and I want you to be the Lord of my life. I'm done living for myself, and I surrender my life to you, Jesus. So I say, sin, go. In Jesus' name, and I receive the love of the Father. I receive the comfort and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I say you're the Lord of my life, Jesus. I'm all in. In Jesus' name. So here's the deal. You said that. If you made him Lord of your life, Now's the time to plug in like never before. Like I said, welcome to the family. <laughs> we're running this race together and we're going. We're going after it. So we wanna connect with you. If you are like, hey, you know what? I've lived this on my own for way too long and I'm ready to jump in. 
Now's the time. Can you raise your hand? First of all, raise your hand. If you're like, you know what? I've done this for way too long and I actually want to be accountable. I want to run in community. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Okay, here's an invitation after. I want you to come to the front because there's going to be such a freedom of realizing I was made for family.